0: Hi everyone, this is Katherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 125. It is 25, isn't it? Believe well, it or not, yep, we've uh, hit a quarter milestone, I guess. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and uh, tonight we are recapping Alice Isn't Dead, Part 3, Chapter 1, the final season of Alice Isn't Dead. Yeah, um, I I've have some trepidation here. I'm not sure where they're going to uh, wind this up, because... I don't know. It sounds like it sounds a little despairing almost on Keisha's part. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of her actual name because I keep on <laughs> wanting to call her Alice. The main character is not Alice. However, Keisha started her usual thing where she's talking to the air, like talking to Alice, but then she stops herself and she says, I don't talk to Alice that way anymore. And another woman's voice comes in and says, because I'm sitting right beside her in the cab. So we actually have both Keisha and Alice's voice for this whole podcast. I think they both get uh, top billing for the podcast now. I think so, yeah. And they had equal time speaking, too. It definitely went back and forth. It was interesting because it's going back and forth between their thoughts, but it's also going back and forth between... The the little bits were when they were in Santa Monica, kind of like looking at the beach and all this kind of stuff. But the other bits were where they were doing a job at an abandoned amusement park in Arizona. Yeah, amusement park, Painted Rock, something like that. Yeah. The Amazing Painted Rock, which I think is a real place, but it's... It's derelict, like a lot of places that they're visiting in this podcast. And there were a lot of t-shirt moments in this episode. I think my favorite one was the first one we heard, where Keisha is sort of explaining what's happening, and she says, this is not a story, it's a road trip. And I'm like, oh, that needs to be a t-shirt for the show. It really does. Well, there's also, you can tell from the way that Keisha's telling the story that she's very happy that Alice is back, that Alice rescued her from that horrible place where Keisha was about to be tortured to death. And at the same time, things aren't the same. Things will never be the same, I don't think. And Keisha's trying to figure out how to be okay with that, because obviously, Alice has a lot of secrets. And she's wondering how many secrets is she expected to care about. And then, She starts talking about, I think the town is La Concita or Long. I think so. Yeah. And it's a town that is built up in the space between the mountainside and the road. And there have been a lot of landslides out there, as there are in places where there's not a lot of vegetation and there's occasional rainfall. But there's still a town there, even though it's been, you know, ruled incredibly unsafe, you know, not a matter of if there's going to be another landslide or another rock slide, but when. But there's still, like, the town has about 300 people still living there. And then Keisha says something. She says, you can't judge that because it's hard to walk away from something you put your whole life into, even if you know it might end up killing you. And that's obviously what Keisha thinks about life with Alice right now. Yeah, she and she has no idea. I mean, from the sounds of it, it's been five months since Alice rescued her from the underground base, but it doesn't sound like they've actually had any kind of talk. In fact, they're like determined to not talk to each other at this point. So I'm sure the resentment is just piling up on top of each other. I'm gonna guess we're gonna have that resolved at some point in this final season, I guess, but... I hope so. I mean, Alice mentioned the first place that they stopped at was the incredible Painted Rocks with two exclamation points in Arizona, and something happened there. Just something that Alice isn't ready to talk about. And, you know, I don't think Keisha's okay with Alice not talking about it, but Keisha understands that Alice really doesn't want to talk about it. And then you hear Alice. And this was apparently where it all started for her. And she said, if my story has a first sentence, then that sentence took place there. So we still don't know anything about where the heck Alice has been for the entire first couple seasons. You know, we do she wasn't dead but now we got to figure out where the heck she was and so i'm looking forward to getting just a little more information but in the meantime what they're doing they're talking about these abandoned places that they're going to and here at the painted rock they were putting a lot of stuff down and you know not really talking just making gestures to each other like you know yes no i don't know figure it out yourself you know and it takes us a little bit to figure out exactly what they're doing there. Yep, they're bombing it. And that's what they've been doing for five months. They've been researching methods and that they've been going to all of these. They're derelict places. They usually have very uncertain ownership. They're completely abandoned. And they are the entrance to Bayan Creek bases and they're bombing them. But they don't know if that's actually doing anything. No, they even said, we know that this isn't a devastating attack, it's really just an annoyance. And Keisha's pretty much done, and Alice knows that Keisha's done, that... it's not even working as a gesture anymore. They've got to do something. I mean, it's like one thing, what is it, Keisha said, we're like mosquitoes, and Alice is like, well, mosquitoes kill a lot of people. And Keisha's like, well, we don't have malaria, so we're not giving them malaria. And Alice is like, well, maybe we ought to, you know, or I might have that backwards. But yeah, they're going to step up their methods pretty soon. Yeah, but in between, I mean, all these T-shirt moments, I mean, there was one bit where Keisha's reflecting on a joke that she heard someone say about... Cigarettes don't cause cancer, people cause cancer. Ah ha ha, ha. Yeah well <laughs> she said at one point, causality is tricky. Cigarettes don't cause cancer. People don't cause cancer. It is the intersection of the two that makes cancer happen. I'm like, ooh, that's deep. Yeah, yeah. And you were even saying that she didn't want to get political about it. But that has some parallels to the current gun situation. right Yeah, I think the most, you know, truthful statement I've heard about the whole gun argument is guns don't kill people. They just make it really easy. Yeah, exactly. However, just for the sake of disclaimers, we're not saying that all of the guns should be taken away. No, we're really not, because that's not not. even if that was feasible. That's not actually going to help. I don't think. No, no, I don't think so either. We got to go in a completely different direction. So, in case you're going to come back and say binary system says that we should give up all of our guns, we're not saying that. Okay, we're really not. No, but so then we've got Alice was. She's been talking to a journal. excuse me, I did it again. Keisha's been talking to a journalist at one point who wanted proof. And Keisha said, well, I can get you proof. But I don't think she actually told us what that proof was. No. She just went off into a description of something. She said, I wasn't there, but this is a thing that happened. It didn't happen in Nebraska, but it's a place like Nebraska. And she talks about a man walking across a field. And I like how she said, you know... He's kind of got a limp but it's not really regular enough to be a limp. And she said his walk is wobbly and wet. And I'm like, whoa, that's a good description. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got thistle written on a name tag on his shirt and he meets up with a whole bunch of other people just like him. And then a woman walks up and it's Lucy. And Lucy was the person that Keisha thought had rescued her from the Thistle town in season one and had Mm -hmm. let her walk away from a Bayon Creek base in season two. And now, She's meeting up with all of these monstrous supernatural serial killers, and she smiles and says, Okay, let's get to work. And so, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So uh, I don't know because it does seem kind of hopeless because, from what we learned in season two, Bayon Creek and the Thistlemen are working together as a sort of grand humongous misdirection to keep people from noticing exactly how much control this shadowy organization has over everything. Exactly. You know, it's like they've said that Nightvale people, when they try to describe what's going on in Nightvale, it's like if every conspiracy theory you ever heard was true. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the same thing but in a way darker way. Yeah. You know, Nightvale's still got even at its darkest, it's still got a real lighthearted thing going on with it. This is just depressing. It's just like yes, all these horrible, horrible things happen and the the only reason why they're happening is to distract you from something even worse. Yeah, yes, so, yeah. <laughs> so, but then we had a whole bunch of announcements after that. And one thing, the Alice's and Dead people actually have a Patreon right now. So if you want to support them in their final season, you can do that. Now, they also have a store where you can buy a lot of stuff. But I got to tell you, I'm not real impressed with a lot of the design that goes on in the store. Like they have the Bay and Creek truck on one of the shirts and everything. It's just a side view of a semi with the words Bay and Creek on it. I'm like, you guys, come on. All the creative people that you could tap to get a better logo. I may have to do that myself. You know, i got to put my money where my mouth is. Well, especially since I always love the Alice Isn't Dead logo with the the truck facing forward, but underneath it is, you know, a silhouette of a skull kind of mirroring it. So, yeah, I've always loved that. But, oh, and there was another thing. There's a book coming out for Alice Isn't Dead. On October 30th, it is a retelling or a reimagining, of the entire story of Alice Isn't Dead in novel format. And that's pretty cool because that is very close to when the Limetown podcast novel is coming out. I think that's coming out sometime early November. So I think I should read the Limetown book and you can read the Alice Isn't Dead book and then we can compare notes about which might be scarier. I think that sounds like an awesome plan. Also, I do need to listen to Limetown at some point. Everybody's been telling me about that one. Well, I supposedly have a pin on the way from the Limetown people. They said anyone who shared a copy of their receipt for pre-ordering the Limetown book would get a free uh, I Have Heard the Future pin. So that should be on the way. Then that was like limited time. So please don't spam them with, with receipts or anything. That's already done. And then they ended the episode with... with an ad, which they usually do, but this, it was a really good example of advertising done well. They were advertising for the Marvel Podcast wolverine the long night did you even know this existed had no idea it's a comic book in podcast form i think yeah exactly and it's all about wolverine and it is done by the marvel i mean it's like an official one it's only available on the stitcher premium network but i believe if you sign up and use the password alice you get like a month free off of stitcher premium and i'm like Oh, that's that's really good advertising there. I would be very, very curious to hear about this one. Well, I mean, I can understand that podcasts have to advertise and they have to go with whoever is willing to sponsor them. But I don't know that I've heard an advertisement that was so topical to the podcast that they're advertising on. Exactly. I'm like, oh my god, that advertisement was speaking directly to me. I would totally listen <laughs> to that, and I didn't know it existed. Good job, guys. That's that's awesome. One more announcement. They said they would really like people to go to survey nerds.com Alice and do a survey about them. I guess they said it's something like it really helps us create our podcasts, but I'm like, well, it's the final season. I don't know how much feedback you need, but you know, okay. But <laughs> And they did say it is the final season. Like, did they ever say that during the announcements today? Not today, but I'm pretty sure they've said that on announcements on Welcome to Night Vale before that right. Alice Isn't Dead Part 3 is the final part of the storyline. Okay, all right. Said the only other thing they had tacked onto the end of this was they had another advertisement for the podcast podcast pounded in the butt by my own podcast and i'm sorry no i'm not i'm just yes i'm just gonna judge it without listening to it like i hate people do but i'm sorry that sounded fucking annoying that guy's voice it's chuck tingle doing the advertisement and everything i'm like this oh my god i cannot stress to you how Friggin' annoying it is. I mean, it's awful. It is so annoying, and And so deliberate too. This is not accidental. They're going for this deliberately, possibly to make sure that people who would get offended easily are also people who would get annoyed easily and won't listen to it. So yeah, for an exclusive audience, guys. So if you're into that, go for it. Yeah, have fun. Follow your bliss and everything. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to judge you for listening to it. And I hope it does well. But seriously, just it's not even thirty seconds. Kath and I got done listening to her, we're like, nope, not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all for Alice Isn't Dead this week. So what else is going on in your nerd world? Um, Well, we had planned last podcast to talk about American Gods, and it occurred to me, I don't know that I have enough to say about American Gods that would fill up an entire podcast, so I should just say it right now. I loved it. Oh, Um, yes. And I cannot... It just so amazing to me. In the book, the Laura character kind of appears and disappears and she's working on the sidelines and maybe it has like a chapter or something. She is not the focus like she is on the TV show. And in the TV show, I loved it. I mean, I loved how badass she is that she can knock people aside by flicking them with her finger. Um, <laughs> I love the whole st- I mean, in the book, I loved the entire story of the leprechaun. And it's yes. you know, just a whole story of the woman who gets, you know, transportation as a punishment to the colonies for stealing. Um, but it, in the book, it wasn't, you know, that this was... I don't know, because in the TV show, it was the actress who played Laura who was cast as the woman in that story. And it was just brilliant. It was so, so well done. That was what I've been waiting to ask you about. I've been just like, oh, did you see the whole episode about the leprechaun? It was Ugh. just really... And it's not what you think. I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the show and you're like, uh, oh, leprechaun, you know, tiny little green people and lucky charms and whatever. No, nope. not even close. Oh, no. Not even close. But it just, I mean, in the book... That was one of my favorite lines, and they only changed it a little bit for this, is that, you know, in the end, the leprechaun comes and takes her hand, you know, when she passes away, so he can be the one to lead her into the afterlife. And just, you have to watch it, because the final line of her story is almost word for word from the novel, from that chapter, and it's just brilliant. It was one of my favorite lines in the whole book. Yeah, it, they've done such a good job with it. I mean, everything's neat. And then you've got the character of Easter, mm-hmm. and she's having that whole like Easter celebration at her house where it's like all of the different Jesuses, and just it's, it's just this meeting of Jesus, which... They've got they did such an interesting thing there where this is Easter, she's the embodiment of Easter, but in reality, she's like the ancient version of Easter before Christianity kind of became a part of it and everything. But because she kind of still wants to survive, she's embraced the whole Jesus element of it. It was definitely an awesome episode to see regular people walking around with all these different versions of Jesus all over this giant mansion. But did you know who plays Easter? Uh, What was her name? It's Kristen Chenoweth, and she played Annabeth on The West Wing from some of the later episodes. And I don't know if you remember her at all, because you probably had stopped watching it by that point, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. But she was. She was pretty... I, I liked her character. She was very kind of forthright and very bluntly spoken. And But she's this tiny little person with this high-pitched little voice and everything. But she was a good character. She's done a lot. I mean, pushing daisies and done a bunch of robot chicken and uh, running with scissors. And she's just appeared on all this stuff. But yeah, I thought I really liked how they did her character. Yeah, and that makes it even more disappointing that she's not going to be coming back. Oh, she in addition to Gillian Anderson have both said they're not interested in doing the show if Brian Fuller is not the showrunner anymore. Damn so it. <gasps> That does not make me feel good. No, <laughs> it's not it a good, really no. doesn't. So, and they really left it in such them. an interesting place. And didn't you tell me that people didn't know that Wednesday was Odin going into this? Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I think apparently, what's his bucket? Uh, Ian McShane had apparently on a TV talk show interview or something had said something about blah, 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 Wednesday, Odin. And everybody's like, <gasps> And he looks around. He's like, I was I not supposed to say that? So there were some people who really... Obviously people who had not read the book, but yeah, I guess, I guess if you hadn't read the book, it probably wouldn't have been that obvious who he was. But I mean, for me, the second he appeared and he's on the plane and there's thunder and lightning everywhere. And I'm like, clearly this is Odin, but you know, it's just, and when he announced who he was, wasn't that awesome? That was really awesome. That was, (gasps) man. And the whole idea, I mean, I... I wish to God Brian Fuller was still going to be doing this because the idea that Easter takes away the spring and basically all growth and living things on the surface of the earth, she's taking it away because she is the goddess of new growth and springtime and people aren't going to be able to get it back until they start worshiping her. And I'm like, that, I mean, we have just like gone so far afield from the original book and that's fine because it's a brand new story being done well at least i hope it's going to be done well with whoever takes over next season i know i'm i'm nervous i really am because in my experience when the showrunner leaves it's it's just, I mean, West Wing and House of Cards and I think Dexter and uh, True Blood. And these are all examples of where the original showrunner was like, I've done all I needed to do and now I'm going to leave. And the show just tanks. So, high car porn <laughs> that I hear outside. <laughs> that car horn is sort of echoing what I'm thinking. <laughs> but, So the only thing I wanted to talk about was that my friends Lisa and Jade and I yesterday participated in the San Diego Book Crawl for Independent Bookstore Day, and that was so fun. There were nine different bookstores in San Diego participating, and if you went to four of them on the fourth one, you got a tote bag, and they had like a little passport that you got stamped and everything. We only made it to seven because by the time we got to the seventh one, two of the bookstores had already closed for the day. But, I mean, I didn't even... There's a place in North Park called Verbatim Books. I had no idea this place even existed. And it's one of those big, old, kind of like really tall ceilings and high stacks. It was a little too crowded, but I really liked the vibe in there. But it was all used books and just a really, really cool vibe. Jada really liked Blue Stocking Books, which is really only about a mile away from where I live, and that's almost all used books. And that has um, a little bit of what they've got in Reader's Corner in North Carolina, where on the shelves. They have stapled and taped things that have come out of the used books I that people have turned love that. in. that. I just, I mean, the ephemera that will appear out of these books. is just amazing. Oh, yeah, like postcards and bookmarks, photos, letters, recipes, receipts, you name it, just everything that got tucked inside a book that got dropped off at a used bookstore, and they just put it up on the wall. Oh, I love that. (laughs) But yeah, the whole place. I mean, I went to, let's see, we went to the library bookstore at the downtown Central Library, which is all kinds of spiffy and cool and blue stocking books. And then... Oh, uh, the book catapult in South Park, which is a great hipster area. I love that area. And then from there to verbatim books and, oh, um, Warwick's books in La Jolla and Bay. I was going to say Bay and Creek Books. Ah. But no, I think it's just, yeah, I know, I think it's just Bay Bookstore in Coronado. I think that's all of them. But yeah, that was a great way to spend the day and a really good cause to just support all these non-Barnes and Noble type bookstores, but very fun. Not, Not that, that there's, there's anything wrong with yeah, Barnes and Noble. I, I do like Barnes and Noble a lot, but you know, it's also nice to support the local people. Right. Well, you definitely went more literary than I did. My weekend, a big event that I did was the regular weekend event for the Transformers Earth Wars game. Only this Ooh. one, was a victorian event and victorian is one of the brand new combiners that you can get in the game so you basically you have to join an alliance and if your alliance reaches a certain number of points you get a four star bot that is one of the ones that you'll need for victorian and i got a four star of a bot that I already had a three-star version of, which means I did uh, the entire vet, and I'm no closer to a combiner than I was when I started. I'm sure crap. a lot of people who play this game. A lot of people who play this game, I'm sure, feel my pain. <laughs> but it was fun. I, I'm liking the events. I'm liking being part of an alliance. I'm just. I'm having so much fun, even though I am quickly getting to the point where every upgrade that I do will uh, will have to like start the upgrade and wait for two weeks for it to be done so it is really of course you can pay money to make it go faster but yeah you can that's how they always do it you're like "Uh uh-huh i want them to make all the monies i'm just you know once i start i either won't be able to stop or i'll be constantly thinking about what i could be doing if i just spent a little bit more so i'm just i'm not even going to start yeah you had told me at one point that when you were playing pokemon go which you are still playing Mm -hmm. that you would kind of hit the paywall a little while ago where in order to get anywhere in the game you had to you're pretty much going to have to start paying money again. And I mean, you can still, you can still do things. But it's just going to take a lot longer. Yeah, really. right. But the other thing that you had pointed out, I, I, I went ahead and I put it back on my phone for a little while the other week because I hadn't played it in a while. I thought, oh, this will be fun. And it was all new stuff in my area. Like I remember on the route that I would go on a run in, I would, you know, find the same stuff over and over again while well, I went to those same areas. And it's all completely different little Pokemon but it's just such a battery drain, and it's a data drain, and I fi- I got tired of my phone telling me that you don't have enough memory, and you've used up too much of your data, and so I got rid of it. But you had pointed out to me that they got rid of the thing where you actually have a little picture like you're seeing the real world behind the little creature that you're trying to capture and that you could actually take a picture and i i loved that element of it because i remember you know i went with dad to a doctor's appointment at one point we're sitting in the waiting room and i turn on my phone whatever and i got a little picture of one of them sitting on his knee and i showed it to dad dad's like what is that (laughs) that was really part of the fun so is it so it's it's gotten rid of completely. Like, it's not like a thing that you can turn on and off. They just got rid of that. I'm really thinking so. I mean, when it first happened, I kind of got this idea that it was because it was like a temporary thing while they did upgrades. But it's been a few months now. So mm. I don't know. It, it really seems like it's gone for good. So, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm, I think I only have to catch like 12 more Magikarp and I'll be able to upgrade it to that dragon thingy. But, you know, I just, you know, one of those things where you just like, you keep trying to find reasons to keep playing, like, if I could just do a little bit more, I'll get this. And if I get a couple more of those creatures, I'll be able to do that. But it's getting further and further between and really i'm spending all my time playing transformers earth wars so that's fine that's fine but kind of on a similar note on the zombies run game that we play they did this massive upgrade recently i mean the whole interface is new it looks very spiffy but one of the things i love is when you share your posts like i usually you put yours up on facebook and Mm -hmm. i put mine up on twitter and that gives you a little like it just shares your status like you know how far did you run how fast did you go whatever they've had that for a while Well, they've updated it now, so you can choose between putting kind of the episode header on your stats when you post it, sort of as a picture, Or you can put your own picture there like if you took a picture on your run you can make that the backdrop which if you haven't played the game sounds like a little thing but if you have played the game I'm like oh my god it's like (laughs) just as addictive as Instagram I'm like I'm going to take pictures then I'm going to crop them so that they appear right in the little thing and whatever it's like a great big time suck and I love it so good on you zombies run that was a neat idea yeah I saw those updates and the fact that you can do your own pictures now and I'm like "Mm, this might make me jump over to the twitter update because I don't think the Facebook will allow you that much customization. So that looks like fun. I think it might, actually. I think it will, because I think you kind of... You, you click a button that has the little camera icon, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, use the existing picture, or, you know, use your own picture, or whatever, and then when you click share, then it gives the option of where you're going to share it to, so I think, you know, hmm. you could probably even put it onto Google Plus like that, if there's anybody actually on Google Plus, which I'm not sure that there is. I think there's some wind and some tumbleweeds on Google Plus at this point, yeah. that's probably about it. Yeah, we put up the Pixelated Geek social media stuff, we put it on our Google Plus page, but only because buffer lets you click a button it's like share it to Google Plus too why not you know it's, <laughs> I'm sure that's fine but you know whatever so one last thing I wanted to say on like a literary note when I was in the bookstores I didn't buy a, too much because seven different bookstores I'm not going to be able to buy a whole bunch at each one because I don't have all the money but I did buy some stuff but mostly I was looking around at a lot of the books that are available did you know Gregory Maguire had a new book that came out last year um oh crap I think I did what was it again? It's called Hidden Sea, The Tale of the Once and Future Nutcracker. Ah, no, I don't think... Shoot, I think I may have noticed that he had a book, like, before that, that I also still haven't read. So, yeah, I, I need to start paying attention to these things. Yeah, what's your general opinion of Gregory Maguire novels? <sighs> <laughs> so you know what? That's really all you need to say, you know? Because Lisa had asked me, I'd say, I didn't know Gregory Maguire had a new novel. She's like, do you like him? And I'm like, "Um." Ehm, really so she's kind of the same thing and I said that you had read almost every one of his novels she's like does she like him and I'm like you know I don't know I just I loved the first of his Wizard of Oz books so so much it's one of my favorite books ever and then I think it was Tale of an Ugly Stepsister I liked almost as much and it feels like it's been sort of a it's not like a decline in quality I just don't care about as much afterwards. Yeah, I don't know why, but I mean, they're still good Okay, all right. But the other thing that I had noticed from a different author did you ever read the Golden Compass books? Yes, I did, actually. Boy, those are good books, but they're hard to recommend. One, because they can be a real downer at times I mean, Uh they are kind of depressing Oh my god, the ending of the second book man! Oh god All, all of them have a few like punch you right in the heart moments, they really do. And also, I mean, I think if maybe you're, if maybe you're a strong Christian without much of a sense of humor, his idea of exactly who God is is probably just gonna offend you. And I'm not. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm because he really. I think he was trying to offend people. I really. Think. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not just your idea, but his idea about God. It's ho- his idea about religion in any fashion will yeah. bother you if that sort of thing bothers you. I mean, it was right. almost like he was saying, "Come at me, bro," with some of this stuff. Yeah. But God, his writing is beautiful. Some of the imagery he creates. Oh, it's and stunning. And this whole oh, this whole idea of this world where if you saw the Golden Compass movie, you were probably like, "Oh, they all have an animal companion." I'm like, I don't know that the movie really stressed the fact enough that the animal companion that's with you is really your soul in animal form, you know? And if you die, your animal companion will probably die instantly because the shock will just kill them. But if your animal dies, you will probably either die yourself or commit suicide. I mean, it's just this gut-wrenching. And the whole, like, it's such a really rich concept that he explores all over the place. Like, your animal companion is 99.9% of the time the opposite gender from you. And on the times when it's the same gender, you're kind of a little sort of odd. I'm not going to say you're a homosexual. You you just come out sort of odd in a gender way. Like, I have met people where I would say, yeah, this would be a person where their animal companion was the same gender as them. You know, it's just... It, it, oh, I love it. So that made me interested in the fact that he has a brand new novel out. Yeah, yeah. And I need to sit down and read it at some point because... Is it a continuation of Lyra's story, or? I don't think it is. It seemed like it's called Book of Dust, but I don't know enough about it. But it is so funny how I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, he has a new novel. I'm, I'm really nervous how it's gonna make me feel, because that's how much the Golden Compass books affect me. Like, I own the omnibus edition of all of the Golden Compass books together, mm. and I have not been able to make myself read it past the first time. I'm like, what a beautiful story. Ah really depressing. yeah, it's you know? now. now, if you guys are worried, it's not quite the same level as the George R. R. Martin books. You know, I no, still haven't no. made myself read. The most recent book which is fine because apparently there was a notification that went out a little while ago that the next book in the series will not be coming out in 2018 so of great course but not. yeah it's god. not it's not that bad it's beautiful i mean the the golden compass books are beautiful they're pretty hard hitting but not to the point where you're just like oh my god i can't watch the characters suffer like this anymore <laughs> no there's you know i think every George R. R. Martin books has like four or five of those moments in every book where you're like, oh God, oh God, this one will have maybe like a moment in each book where you're like, wow, that, I think I need to go and have some ice cream or something. I don't know. (laughs) It's just really... But just beautiful, beautiful. And I actually thought the movie was really beautiful, too, just the imagery in the movie. But I could completely also understand why that was the only one they did, because apparently the Christian community was pretty up in arms about it. But I just, I don't think it reached people the same way the books did. No, I don't think it did. And they also ended it differently. I think if they had been brave enough to end it on the cliffhanger that the first book ends, then there would have been a better chance that the second movie would have been made because, you know, don't ever underestimate the power and energy behind the whole drive of, and then what happened? Yeah, yeah, I, that's... <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like when I read the book I hadn't known that's because I saw the movie before I read the book and then I read the book and I'm like oh my god you ended it there? Holy cow! Wow, I didn't realize yeah. you did it in that order jeez yeah that's that's a little bit of a rough way to do it but anyway so yeah that's a couple we got our work cut out for us with books I mean between the Philip Pullman and the Gregory Maguire and then the new Alice Isn't Dead book and the Limetown book we got a pretty good uh, reading list going on Yeah, so. and that's not even taking into account all the humor nominees that I still need to get around to reading. (laughs) I know. I kept on almost picking up books in the bookstores because I'm like, oh, look at this. It's a collection of the best stories of 2016. And I need to go forward a little bit further. So there's newer (laughs) stuff that I probably ought to read first. That's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews. Oh my God, did you see? James Roberts has announced officially on Twitter that after episode episode after issue 25 of lost light mm-hmm. he's not doing transformers at all anymore i had heard that he would maybe be participating in the reboot but no he's done i don't even think he's going to be at idw anymore he's and out. is that will that carry him through the whole unicron event yes okay. yes that's it that's he's wrapping him he is well at least there's that oh. yeah that's he's not leaving before that's done thank god but no once that's it you know, when we still don't know why this is happening, I haven't had anybody chime in. Well, it was interesting because I talked to um, John, the guy at the comic book store in Raleigh, and I mentioned about Transformers, about how they're rebooting the whole story, and he hadn't heard that, which I can't take any pride in knowing something the guy at the comic book store didn't know because he knows he has to keep like a thousand different titles in his head at any right. one time. So, but he had heard that apparently Hasbro threatened to yank... The G.I. Joe title away from IDW, which really goes back to that idea that people complained about one writer's storyline. The writer said something dismissive on Twitter. Everybody got really mad and threatened to boycott. So they idw canceled his story his title that he was doing without any warning at all even though they had pre-sales and hasbro got mad and then the ceo i think lost his job had to leave so wow it's i don't know i don't know why that affected transformers other than the fact that transformers is also a hasbro property but you know oh yeah i'm sure i mean and that's You look at all these books that they released last year with the whole crossover, and I've seen a lot of people complaining about no more dead Hasbro titles, please, because I just don't think anybody cared. But I feel like that was probably Hasbro just... I don't know. It's, this is speculation again. But you know, you've got the people who are in charge of G.I. Joe and Transformers. And they're like, well, maybe you need to write some books about things other than G.I. Joe and Transformers. And I would point out, I hear My Little Pony is actually really good. so That's, <laughs> another, that's another Hasbro title. Hey, but yeah, it it sounds a little like there were definitely some pressures on the back end. But we don't know for sure, so if anybody has any official word, I keep on wanting to reach out to Ross Thompson, who has, he was on the old podcast a couple times. He's big in SCA here, he's the creator of Kingdom Con here in town. He is currently working for IDW over on the gaming side, and I keep on wanting to reach out and be like, What do you know about Transformers? And I'm sure he doesn't know. And if he knew, he probably wouldn't say if he's not supposed to say, so that's kept me from doing that. No, no. I mean, with Hasbro, you know, there's the IDW comic books, there's the Hasbro toys, and there's the Hasbro... Earth Wars, Transformers, none of those departments are, like, going to be in on the knowledge of what's happening on any other departments, I don't think. No. Any more than I would know what's specifically going on in another department at my job unless they, you know, blasted it out in a big newsletter, so. Oh, hell yeah. I work for the newspaper, but I work in advertising. If something's happened in the newsroom, I don't know. They're not going to tell me, and that's just one floor down for me, so. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I understand how that compartmentalization works, so for more, you know, news and outright speculation make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com the reason why we did Alice Isn't Dead this week was because Night Vale doesn't drop their new episode for another three days which is a little, that's a little close to the actual launch date for us to recap an episode in that period of time so next week we will have a Night vale episode and probably more stuff in the nerd world I'm sure. Yes, more rampant speculation <laughs> so one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later